Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back, and as always, thank you for listening. This is part three of the series, Spiritual Warfare. Now, in general, spiritual warfare is what we wage each day. Because, as I mentioned in part two, there are active beings of a evil nature, and they are evil, who have our demise in their focus. In other words, their thought patterns are simply, let's destroy, A, the Christians, or, you know, believers in Jesus, boom, and pretty much everyone else. Although their main focus with Christians is to render Christians in operative, ineffectual, useless, however you want to look at it, whatever adjective you want to throw in there. How they do that? Well, they get you chasing things that God never told us to pursue and to get wrapped up into stuff that leads us into sin uh, and or just not doing what God wants us to do in his word. With this particular segment, let's look at Acts uh, chapter 19. There's some interesting uh, interesting things going on there. Uh, of course, the book of Acts is this, the earliest history we have re- recorded of the church. Let's look at verse 13. And I had alluded to this, pa- this passage before, but... We're going to get into something a little deeper, especially the past passage preceding. But I'm going to start at verse 13, and I'm going to keep going. So it says, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the, by the name of Jesus, whom Paul proclaims. And seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirits leapt on them, jumped on them, mastered all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this became known to all of the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. A number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. 
So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Now, interesting things uh, in this passage. First of all, you know, exorcists have been around. And exorcists are individuals who cast demons out of people. And most uh, groups have some type of, of exorcist. Buddhists have exor exorcists. Catholics have exorcists. There are even evangelicals who do exorcisms. But here's the thing. That's what they did. That was their main thing. Now, you're, I bet you're wondering, how in the world can people cast demons out of people unless they're using the power of God? Well, the answer to that is not super clear. All right. However, let me offer an opinion. They were casting demons out with hired demons. If uh, you get into a lot of the research and the background of a lot of the mystic stuff, which I don't recommend doing because it's really involved, tedious, and not super edifying. There are basically... Uh, with with witchcraft books, which this are called grimoires, they have rules that you follow in these books to make things happen. Now, here's the thing, though, and this is what they don't tell you. Horrible consequences occur when you use witchcraft. You can call it witchcraft, you can call it sorcery, you can call it wizardry. Uh, there are... Oddly enough, in the Old Testament, differences between those things. Uh, some arts are actually are actually uh, chemical in nature. Uh, pharmakia, which is the word we get pharmacy out of, is actually a word that's used for witchcraft. So, chemical alterings of stuff can be considered witchcraft. Now. What these guys were doing, though, and there is Jewish mysticism called the Kabbalah, and there's other things, other books as well, that it's really not necessary to jump off into. You know that these Jewish exorcists, though, had come upon the name of Jesus, and they were like, and they, and they heard the stories of the apostles and Jesus you know, casting out demons and stuff. And Peter, of course, said, hey, in the name of Jesus, you know, walk. So they, they had seen some fantastic stuff done in the name of Jesus. Well, here's the thing. These grimoires, these, these books on witchcraft, have formulas that, quote-unquote, they use in certain ways to get the demons to leave, right? So they just thought, hey, we found another formula. This is awesome. This is so much easier. So I'm just going to use the name of Jesus on this guy. And that'll, that'll fix it. Only complication is, 
the 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 evil spirit basically uh, dressed them down in due order like this. Hey, Jesus, I know. How does he know Jesus? Jesus, the Son of God, the All Powerful. Uh, yeah, they had heard of Jesus. Uh, Satan had heard of Jesus. Chief of the demons, right? Talked to him. So, Jesus, they, they knew him. And, uh, by the way, I believe it may have been Paul that said, you know, Je you, know you, you say you know Jesus? Well, great. Uh, the demons know Jesus and tremble. The point is, just knowing Jesus isn't enough. And then they, they say, and Paul, I recognize. So they even kind of, okay, yeah. So Paul was on the radar. Who wasn't on the radar was those guys. He said, but who are you? And uh, evidently, uh, however you want to look at it, he had super strength. And man, he beat the ever-loving tar out of these people and stripped them naked. And if you can imagine a bunch of dudes uh, running, running down the street naked and bleeding, that's where these guys, basically, that's what happened. Now, in Ephesus, you, you have to realize where, and this is the context, why context is so important, okay? So what is Ephesus? Ephesus was where this occurred. Where, you know, what's about Ephesus? You have to remember that Ephesus was the ground zero for the worship of Diana as a goddess. In fact, there was even a legend that a rock came down out of heaven and she was embodied in this thing and they made this marble statue out of it, I think. Something of that nature. But let's just say there was the temple of Diana in a in Ephesus was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was huge. So to say that Ephesus was on the radar for you know for uh, pagan worship, you know, is an understatement. That being the case, probably a ton of demonic activity running loose in that city. In fact, one of the commentators mentioned that uh, that heathen writers, uh, heathen writers, not you know, uh, had often alluded to the Ephesian letters, and these were symbols, and magical sentences written on slips of paper, and people would carry them as amulets. Amulets and talismans, by the way, uh, which are a little bit different. Um, some of them are meant to ward off evil things. And here's the story: that ain't that ain't possible. Not without not without witchcraft. God doesn't do that stuff. He doesn't participate in that stuff because here's the thing: if you belong to the living God. If you have a relationship with him, you don't need any of that stuff. Why? Because you have the living God living in you. And they got no power over you unless you give it to them. So, but, you see, a, a lot of witchcraft is very subtle. A lot of times now, people wear crosses like talismans. There's some, you know, 
places in South America and, and the United States. I mean, you, you see in, in other places, people wear crosses like it's some kind of talisman, like it's going to protect them somehow. That little, uh, you might as well be wearing, in, in some ways, you might as well be wearing a uh, electric chair or a hangman's noose or something. And the reason I say that is because that is a symbol of a Roman torture device. Now, the reason we wear it is because it reminds us of the person who was on it. That I get. But to wear it thinking you're getting some kind of magic protection out of it, that ain't happening. But why? Because it's the person who was on it that gives you the protection. And if you don't have that person, you don't have protection. End of story. That's how that works. Now, when they... Uh, now, the next section here, I think, is pretty, pretty interesting. This has to do uh, with uh, Acts 19.18. And, and said this, also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. What practices? They had been doing witchcraft. <laughs> they had been doing sorcery, magic, however you want to look at it. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. Now, it's interesting, the actual... Uh, use of that word that they burned them is in the imperfect tense in the Greek. And what that means is they kept burning them. They kept taking book after book after book and just throwing it on the fire. And the value of all of those books According to somebody's reckoning, uh, if it was reckoned on Jewish money, it would have been $35,000 approximately today. If it was based on the Greek drachma, it was probably more like $9,300, according, according to this commentary. The main thing is, that was a lot of money, and that was a lot of books. Why did they burn the books? You don't need that stuff. Light and darkness cannot coexist. God is holy, holy, holy. And he cannot be where that stuff is. So when we, as believers, just like these guys, in Ephesus, it said they came confessing and divulging their practices. Okay, well, I don't know if they... You know, had done it in the past, and now they're confessing it as a sin and then getting rid of this stuff, or if they were still doing it. But the main thing is, get it out of your house. And, and don't do amulets. Don't do tokens of that stuff. Because basically, it's a poke in God's eye, figuratively speaking. Because then you're giving God, well, a vote of no confidence. You can't have faith in a piece of metal. The person behind the metal. Yeah. Now, does that mean, you know, oh, you know, LA's all against wearing jewelry and stuff? Well, no. Although I do want to tell you that the singer Keith Green uh, in the 80s 
super dedicated. Someone I'd been to his last day's ministry. I've been there. Fantastic guy. He used to call all of that little stuff we put on and all that little stuff we put in the cars and stuff, he called it Jesus junk. Now, why did he call it Jesus junk? Because when you have a when you have the real thing, the original, you don't need a copy. Now, having things that remind you of Jesus during the day, that's fine. People have rings and things, and, and that. And I'm just saying, hey, if it keeps your mind focused on the Lord throughout the day, awesome. But if it don't, then please, I'm, don't wear that stuff like it's going to protect you, because it won't. Only God is the protection. And people who do this magic stuff, according to the reports, if you mess up even a little bit, the ramifications are catastrophic, and it can, and even death. There's some accounts that, uh, well, in fact, in this situation, these guys, you know, were trying something new, you know. They weren't following their practices. They were trying something new. And so they thought, oh, yeah, I'll try the name of Jesus on this guy. And then what happened? He almost killed them all. They almost got killed. At the very least, they got stripped naked and beat up. So, with that in mind, as Christians... As believers in the Lord Jesus, we have to get that stuff out of our out of our house, out of our life. And if you're gonna wear something, and I'm not saying wearing you know wearing a cross is wrong, or I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that the minute you start depending on that thing as a talisman, don't wear it anymore, <laughs> because you're taking your faith off of the one and putting it on an object. If the object reminds you of the one, and that's Jesus, and that's the Lord living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then that's cool. But the minute you start thinking, oh, if I wear this, I'll be okay, uh, then you're using, you're trying to use magic, <laughs> and it's not going to work. It's not going to work. That stuff doesn't work for Christians because God absolutely forbids it. So, with that, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on and don't downgrade. And right now, there's a huge push, and everybody talks about witchcraft and magic, you know. So it's like no big deal for people. It's a huge deal. It was a huge deal for these guys that got beat up. It's a huge deal. And it's a huge deal to God. That's why he doesn't want us anywhere near that stuff. Because it's demons. Demons are the main power, main focus, and main work behind witchcraft. So with, with that in mind... Oh, I want to encourage you to keep praying, doing your Bible study, and reaching out. Do an outreach. Keep on keeping on.
Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.